Would you turn with me, please, to First uh, Thessalonians chapter 4. We've been speaking for a few weeks now on the subject of how to keep the love command. Jesus is our Lord, captain of our salvation. He's the head of the church. Uh, there's a lot of Christians that Jesus is not really their Lord. They're holding on to him as their savior. And they're believing in him that they'll be saved when they die. But he's not really their Lord. Lord means he's in charge. You're not. And millions of Christians, that just simply is not the case with them. They are in charge of their life. And that can be obvious by the mess that it's in. That they are running it front to back. If Jesus is your Lord, then we should do what he says. Everybody say that out loud. Say, Jesus is my Lord. Lord. He's head over me. Lord over me. I do what he says. Well, he gave us a commandment that is called in the New Testament, the commandment. John 13, 34, 35. He said, a new commandment I give to you. What is the commandment? That you love one another. And here's the new part, because they, even from the Old Testament, they were taught to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. But here's the new part, as I have loved you, that you love one another. The next verse says, verse 35, says, by this, by us keeping this commandment, all men will know that we are his disciples. Now, of all the things that he could have said. He didn't. He said, this is how people will know that we're real Christians. Hmm? Now, people get it all jumbled up, and they put their own twists on it. But uh, people say, well, it'd be by us, us feeding the poor. That's not what he said. Feeding the poor is good. But that's not what he said would cause people to know. Because their people don't even confess Jesus as Lord that do good deeds. Humanitarian effort. Well, by clothing people and providing shelter. That's good. That's wonderful. But that is not how he said people would know we're real Christians. By what? See, he's talking to his disciples about how they love each other. Do you see this? And how we love each other as Christians. This hasn't been emphasized like it should. And that's why the devil has worked overtime to split Christians, destroy Christian households, Christians getting divorced, Christians' families being split, churches being split, churches fighting each other, preachers fighting each other. It destroys our witness. Hmm? Whether it's you or me or preachers or churches It ruins our witness because that is how people are to know we are the real deal. By how I love you, how you love me, how we love each other in the body of Christ, in the church. 
If this is so important, it ought to be high on our list of things to understand and things to do. It is not the new suggestion. (laughs) Huh? Not the new goal. It is the new commandment. Commandment means order. We are ordered to do this. It is not based on whether we feel like loving somebody or not. Whether we think they deserve our love or are justified. You know, we're justified in loving them. They've merited it. They've deserved it. No, we're commanded. We're ordered to do it. Even if we feel like slapping them. We're ordered to love them. Right? Even if we feel like telling them where to get off and just blotting them out of our book and writing them off, nonetheless, we have been ordered by the head of the church yes, sir. Yes, sir. to love them. Yes, sir. And we're either going to obey the command or we're going to be rebellious and Jesus is not really our Lord. Is he your Lord? Is he our Lord? Then we are going to obey the order. Huh? Are you with me on this? As a church family, we are believing God together to understand this commandment and to put it into practice and to do it. 1 Thessalonians, are you there? And the fourth chapter. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 9, he said, as touching brotherly love... You need not that I write to you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Indeed, you do it toward all the brethren which are in Macedonia, and we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. He said, you're doing it, but I'm beseeching you, increase in it. And uh, that's what the Lord ministered to me about you. When we begin this series. You're doing it. It's not like none of this is happening. It's happening. I mean you hear testimonies all the time. Strangers come in here. You'll buy them clothes. Feed them and bless them. And, right? Make payments on their stuff. and You're loving each other. And fellow brothers and sisters. But have we arrived? Oh no no. We have begun. And he said, Incre- I beseech you that you would increase more and more in, the, in what? In loving each other. And he said, you are taught of God to do this. Let me read another translation. The New Living says, God himself has taught you to love one another. The message says this, you are God taught in these matters. You're God taught. Somebody say God taught. Everybody say it out loud. Say I am God taught to love my brother. I am taught of God how to keep the command. That's exciting to me. Is it to you? I have the sense in my spirit. I believe it has already begun. It is happening that on a more intensive, more increased level, God is teaching us. You and me. He's teaching this church. And everybody that's hooked up with us around the world. He's teaching us how to keep this commandment. How, not just to know we should do it. But how to do it. It's one thing to know you're supposed to do it. It's another thing to know how to do it. 
And he is teaching us, God is teaching us personally how to do it. And we're doing it. Thank you, Master. The Message Bible in verse 10 says, you're already good at it. Your friends all over the province of Macedonia are the evidence. Keep it up. Get better and better at it. You're already good at it. But you haven't arrived as much as you can be. Get better. Increase more and more. Get better. Well, we said uh, in reviewing just a little bit, the love commandment got nothing to do with how you feel about somebody. You can just absolutely, what's the word? You're annoyed by being around somebody and still love them. Hmm? You cannot enjoy being around people at all and still love them. Keep this command. Can you? People can be mean to you and you can still love them. Now, you say that kind of thing, people look at you and go, no, I can't. (laughs) The reason you say that is because you think love is a feeling. You think love is a feeling, and if you don't have that warm and fuzzy feeling for them, you think you're not loving them. No, keeping the command is not based on having a feeling of any kind. It's an order from headquarters. As a soldier, when you get orders to march, you get orders to do a mission, you don't stop and go, how do I feel? (laughs) Well, Sergeant, I just, I, I have a funny feeling about this. I just, I don't feel I'm not excited about this mission. <laughs> they didn't ask you. <laughs> Obeying orders is not based on how you feel. Amen. But see, people have thought love is a feeling. Most of the world thinks love is a feeling. Mm-hmm. Don't they? Yes. Millions of Christians think love is a feeling. Fall in love with somebody. What does that mean? You got feelings for them. But we fell out of love. What does that mean? Feelings. No, I don't feel about you like I used to. What does that mean? So I don't love you. I can't love you because I don't have the feelings. Well, you never knew what love was. God is love. He's not a feeling. And he loved us, the Bible said, while we were still his enemies. We weren't giving him any warm and fuzzy feelings. And he loved us anyway. Hallelujah. Hmm? Wonder what kind of feelings Jesus was having when he was scourged. When he was nailed to the cross. When he offered up himself. I mean, we know what kind of feelings he was having in the garden. He's prayed, Father, if there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. He had feelings of wanting to get away from our stuff. All of our sin. All of our uh the judgment and punishment that was to come on us. I mean, he had feelings and none of them were good. But, but, out of love for the Father and out of love for you. He laid his feelings aside and he did it. And you can do it. And I can do it. Said out loud, I can lay my feelings aside. And I can love people. So you do it by faith. It's a decision. It's an act. An act of your will. An act of faith. And the great thing about it, you can have all kind of bad feelings. 
or no feelings. And if you just keep acting in love, your feelings will change. People could have treated you so terribly and badly. And you can have all kind of feelings of bitterness, feelings of anger and rage and unforgiveness. But you don't have to act on those feelings. You can push them aside and you can say, I've been commanded by the head of the church to love them. And I'm going to obey that command no matter what I feel. And you can treat them like you love them. You can do acts of love towards them. Do things for them even though they don't deserve it. They don't merit it. All they've been is mean. And you keep doing that. And the Bible said, now here's the great thing about it. How many remember reading in 1 Corinthians 13, love never fails. Is that true or not? Well, see, God is love. For love to fail, God would have to fail. Real love, not what a lot of people call love, but real love never fails. Why? There is no defense against it. The enemy has no defense against love. Somebody can say, I hate you, I can't stand you, and go, well, I love you. What can they do about that? (laughs) No, I'm going to stop you from loving me. You can't. What can you do? Well, I'll be mean to you and you won't love me anymore. No. It's my decision. Hmm? I can choose to love you no matter how mean you are to me. Oh, come on, guys. Are y'all with me on this or not? This. And what does that mean? You have gotten into something now that is bigger than what any human can mess up. That is bigger than what any devil can stop. You're into something as big as God himself. Said out loud, God cannot fail. God cannot fail. Love cannot fail. Love cannot fail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you are loving by faith, it can't fail. Can't fail. Can't fail. Mm. Don't you like things that can't fail? Can't fail? Glory. Hallelujah. Well, let's get into it further. We've been ordered to love each other as the Lord has loved us. And the Bible says God himself teaches us how to do this. So we've given you a couple of things already. Three things, I guess it is. How do we love each other? Anybody remember? Love prefers prefers prefer means to choose one thing above another which do you prefer coffee or tea (laughs) if you say coffee then what happened to tea tea did not get picked tea got left out if you pick coffee the tea stayed in the bag (laughs) stayed in the pot Right? The coffee got used. Well, which do you prefer? You or me? (laughs) Whether it's me or you, you know, you would be the other person. If I pick you, I didn't get picked. Hmm? Prefer. And then Philippians said, in love that we are to esteem one another better than. Than ourself. 
Jesus demonstrated that when he laid aside his garments, took on the garb of a servant, and took some water and knelt down in front of his disciples and washed their feet like their servant. He's treating them as though they have more dignity and honor than him. Well, did they? Were they a higher place in the body of Christ than him? Certainly not. Did he believe that they were intrinsically, spiritually superior to himself? No, he didn't believe that. But even though he is the head and master, can he treat them like they have a higher place than him at this moment? He can and he did. And he said, if I did that, being your master, you ought to do it to one another. Can you treat somebody like they're better than you? Without feeling inferior to them. Can you treat them? Esteem them. Treat them like they're more honored. Love does that. Love does that. Love says, no, you go ahead. Not trying to draw. You know, people do that trying to draw attention to themselves. Just how spiritual they are. They want to make sure they got an audience. Then they go, oh, no, no. No, you. Please, I'll sacrifice. I'll do without. It's my joy to lay down my life for you, brother. Well, you're a big old put on. And it's not real love. And you're actually proud of how humble you think you are. And you're confused. And it's that kind of so-called love that the Bible said you can give everything you've got, even give your body to be burned, and it profits zippo, nothing. Nothing. That's not the real love. The real love will do things like that in such a way nobody even knows you went without. Right? Nobody knows you deferred and you sacrificed so somebody else could have. Because you don't want to draw attention to yourself. Because you weren't doing it for that. That's not why you were doing it. You were doing it because you love that person. You want them to have it. And it's not just because you think you're going to do without the rest of your life. You know God's going to take care of you. You're not going to miss out. He's going to take care of you. But love will prefer. Let's get yours now. I'll believe for mine later. Hmm? Let's get yours. And uh, you know God will deal with you sometimes. To do things, to take care of somebody else, and it seems like when you do it, well, how's mine going to be taken care of? You know, our last aircraft, I had meetings lined up, and the Lord dealt with us to sow it. And somebody asked me, well, okay, we're going to deliver it to them, and then how are you going to get to where you need to go? What are you going to do now? Well, if the Lord told us to do that, he's already got a plan. But it takes faith, doesn't it? takes faith to turn loose of what you need and what you're using and let somebody else have it. And you believe God's going to take care of you. Well, now we're in better shape than we were before. But there were several months there <laughs> that your faith is being, you know, tried a little bit. And you're, you're having to you keep saying, no, I'm going to be okay. We're going to be fine. We'll have what we need. Because say, I had things set up that you needed an aircraft to do it the way it was set up. And uh, thank God, didn't miss a thing, no problems. And we've seen that again and again. But love will say, no, we can take care of you and we're still going to be okay. God will take care of us too. 
We're not going to be afraid to obey him. He will take care of us. Love prefers. What else does love do? Love does no harm to its neighbor. Love does no ill. Love will never, you know, knowingly do anything to hurt you. It just will not. It'll avoid. It'll take the thing upon itself rather than let you get hurt. What else will love do? Love covers the multitude of sins. Love will not, you know, the Lord said, your sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Aren't you glad that God who is love is not going to bring up your mistakes in the future? Mm -mm. Thank God. You know, uh, some of you were here when Brother Jesse DePlanis was here and shared about heaven. And uh, I thought some of those things were very, very interesting that he brought out. He said he met Jonah and talked to Jonah. And he had an idea while he was talking to him. He thought, well, you know, uh, there's this big debate. I don't know if you know about it, but this big thing in theological circles about what was Jonah actually in? A whale, a fish, what was it? I mean, there's all kind of stuff been debated about that. So he thought, well, hey, I'm talking to him. I'll just find out. And then, he, you know, he'll have something he can tell folks when he gets back. I know what he was in. <laughs> uh, so he was talking to him. And he said, he asked him, he said, uh, what were you in? You know, uh, you in that fish's belly. That, what, what was that? What were you in? He said he knew the moment he said it, he said the wrong thing. He said he knew as soon as it came out of his mouth. He said, Jonah looked at him and said, I was in disobedience. <laughs> Isn't that like carnal people? They're concerned about whether it's a whale or a fish or what, and just totally missed the whole deal. <laughs> he wouldn't even been in the water to get in the belly of whatever it was. Hadn't have been for his disobedience. He, he was in disobedience. That was the problem. But see, why, I thought about later, why did he say he knew the moment he brought that up, he knew he said the wrong thing? Why? They don't talk about your sins and mistakes in heaven. This is not something Jonah's proud of, running from the Lord. Oh, can you see this? No, no. The Lord never brings up your sins to you. Ever. Love covers the multitude of sins. He'll never bring it up. But what if you walk in love with other people? You'll never bring it up. If somebody has repented and it's dealt with, you won't bring it up. Now, you'll find some people that they'll try to tell you these verses and insist that you not bring it up. And they're still in it. They haven't repented. Nothing's changed, but you're not supposed to talk about it because you're bringing up. Well, no, no, we're talking about things that you've dealt with. It should once it's dealt with and you really have repented, then it should be past tense. And if it really is past tense, love will not bring that up again. And we talked about that last week. Let's go on today to number four, how to keep the love command. 
Go with me, please, to 1 Thessalonians, the uh, second chapter. Were you still at four? Good. You're close then. (laughs) 1 Thessalonians, the uh, second chapter. And notice what Paul, by the Spirit, is saying in verse uh, 7, I believe it is. Verse 7, 1 Thessalonians 2, 7. He said, we were gentle among you, even as a nurse, or a number of translations will say mother, cherishes her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted to you not the gospel of God only, but also our own souls. Now that is the spirit of the Christ. That's what he was willing to do and did. Paul says this in another place. He talks about we will very gladly spend and be spent for you. That's the love of God. Now see the selfishness of the flesh. Is perfectly satisfied. For you to spend. And be spent. So I can have what I want. The selfishness. Of the flesh. Is perfectly willing for it to cost you. Hmm. Fine. If it costs four people their job. If I get my promotion. Hmm? Fine if you, you know, three people got laid off if I got my bonus. The selfishness of the flesh, and you got it. I've got it. When you're born again, your flesh did not get born again. It was the man on the inside, right? And your flesh is still as selfish as it ever was. That's why you got to control it. The love of God was not shed abroad in your flesh or in your head, but in your heart. And you have to let the man on the inside dominate and control the man on the outside. All you got to do to be selfish is wake up in the morning and just yield to how you feel. And you will be. You'll be perfectly willing for somebody else to do without so you can have it. Perfectly willing for it to cost somebody else as long as you get what you want. But that is not the Lord. Hmm? That is not the Christ. And so that is not the Christ I am. The Christian. He was willing to spend and be spent. So you could have it. And, And when you say that. People. Lord help me with this. When you say willing to spend and be spent. People go. Oh. Isn't that sweet. Yeah now that's the ideal. And miss it. Focus on being the perfect Christian. No, this ain't about trying to be the perfect Christian. It's about you care more about them. Did you hear me? You love them and care about them so much that you're willing to pay a price. You're not trying to get an award for being a good Christian. You're not trying to get a star. (laughs) Or points. Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
Why did Jesus do it? To get points with the Father? Huh? So everybody would ooh and ah about what a, what a, a great master he is, the rest of, no, he did it. Cause he loved you. Cause he loved me. He did it. That's it. And when that love that he has put in us dominates us, we'll do the same thing. I said we'll do the same thing. And we won't try to let everybody know about it when we do it. We'll just do it. Hmm? We're not looking for accolades and acknowledgement and recognition. Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? Because I wanted to see them with it. <laughs> huh? Why'd you do that? I wanted to see them relieved of that. Why'd you do that? I wanted to see them enjoy it. Now you're acting like your master. Now you're acting like your father. That's who he is. That's what he is. And that's who you are. Say it out loud. I am a love child. Of a love God. I am a giving child. Of a giving father. I'm a giver. I love to give. Because my father. Is the greatest giver of all. That great John 3.16. For God so loved the world. That he did what? That he did what? That he did what? That he gave, gave, he gave Jesus, he gave us life. And when you love, what will you do? You'll give time, effort, money, place, whatever. He said, when we were with you, how did he treat them? 1 Thessalonians 2, 7. Let me read this to you from the uh, NIV. We were gentle among you. Do you know love is gentle? Boy, you could spend all day on this right here. I've seen people be harsh and hard in the name of being righteous. Hmm? In the name of being right. Well, it's just right. Well, you have to be so hard about it. The harder you are doesn't make it any righter. The proverb says, the sweetness of the lips increases learning. Say that out loud. The sweetness of the lips increases learning. You want people to receive more of what you say and do? Sweeten up. Hmm? You know, how something is presented makes a big difference. I'm not pointing any fingers. I know I've made mistakes myself in this area. Part of it's ignorance. You know, as you grow up, you're more aware of this. I, I mean, this may be hard for you to believe, but I... I'm softer now than I was 20 years ago in the way I teach and preach. (laughs) I heard people right now singing, thank God, thank God. (laughs) Yes, thank God. Yes, thank God. I'm not as abrasive. I'm not as harsh. When you're young in the Lord means you're young in love. 
being undeveloped in the Lord's equals, being undeveloped in love. You can't develop spiritually without developing in love. And there are a number of people who think they have developed in their knowledge of the word and they've developed in their knowledge of faith and in their ability to prophesy and they try to come across strong and wind up coming across harsh. And it is not godly. And even though it's loud and pushy, it is not the spirit of God. It is flesh. Are you with me now? Now, love is strong. God is strong. Love will correct you. Love will rebuke you. But we ought all ought to be looking every day, Lord, help me to eliminate any unnecessary hardness, any unnecessary harshness. Men in particular, I mean, this applies to women too, but men in particular, this is Mother's Day. And we see here a manifestation of the love of God in nurturing, don't we? Well, men are also a manifestation of God, of his strength, and of his love. And you have to watch. Dads, husbands, you can come across stronger than you mean to. Are y'all with me now? You, even though you're right, and even though you need to portray strength, you can come across harsh. In fact, we're specifically told not to be harsh with our wives. Did you know that, husbands? We're specifically told in Scripture not to be harsh. Why would he tell us that? Because if you yield to the flesh, you could have a tendency to. And just because someone's the head of a business, head of a ministry, head of a household, doesn't mean you got any reason to be harsh. Hmm? How many know you can be strong without being harsh? Hmm? You can speak soft and smile and be absolutely unmoved. Can't you? You can just smile and go, no. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but no, sorry, no, 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 no. <laughs> and get better results and go, I said no. By golly, when I say no, it means no. Well, that means you are weak, you are insecure, and you're trying to convince them you're strong, because you ain't convinced yourself. When you really are strong, you got nothing to prove to anybody. See, people do all this overreaction and all this demanding because they're trying to be strong, something they don't even believe they are. Weakness, insecurity. Friends, as we grow, as we develop, you can be overpowering in a thing. And little ones, even though they might be in a 50-year-old body, they can be 
you know, a baby spiritually. We talked about that. And you can just come on too strong and be overpowering. Love won't do it. Did you know that the Lord could pull you up today, sit you and put the spotlight on you, and hold you up beside of Jesus, and show you every way and every degree that you came short of him, and show it to you completely in its entirety and all at once. And you know what you'd say? Oh, God, just put me out of my misery, please. Just, oh, God, you'd, want, you'd be looking for something to crawl under, right? He doesn't do that. He's not going to do that. Even though he sees it, he knows it all, he sees it all. Why won't he do that? He's love. That wouldn't help you. I said it wouldn't help you. I know the Lord told me one time about dealing with some people in some situations. He said, I wrote it down. He said, Keith, it's not what they need. It's not what you see. It's not what you know. It's what will they receive. What are they able to receive and what will they receive? You know what he'll do? He'll point something out to you. And you go, hmm, I see that. I need to fix that. I need to make it. He goes, that's right. And you can do it. I'll help you. So you work on it and you're doing better by the end of the week. And he goes, wow, that's good. You go, glory to God. That's, that's good. Oh, that's good. How many of a little three-year-old brings you a picture and, and you look at it? You don't even know what it is. It's just, oh, that's pretty, baby. That's pretty. Oh. You don't go, this is not art. I can't even tell whether that's a man or a dog or what. That's pitiful. <laughs> All that would mean is you're ignorant. Right? Make them cry. <laughs> that, would, that wouldn't prove anything about you except you're not smart. And there's no love. But he'll show you something and you'll work on it and you'll feel like you got You'll think, man, I just about got it. I'm, I'm probably just about like Jesus now. And he go, oh, baby, you're doing good. You're doing good. There is another thing. <laughs> he's not going to tell you there's 80,000 more things. But he not, he's going to talk about one. But there's another thing that I wanted to talk to you about. And, and oh, okay. All right. But you can do it. I'll help you. You can do it. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. And he ministers to us according to what we're able to receive. Amen. And see and do. That's what love will do. But now notice what, that is not dealing harshly. Read this again. How did he say he dealt with them? Hmm? He said, we were gentle among you like a mother caring for her little children. God is manifested through mothers in this area. Nothing like a real mother's touch. Do they know how to take care of that baby? Make sure that baby's tucked in. And, hmm? Don't just throw them around. <laughs> Pitch them in the crib. <laughs> what if they're cold? Ah, they'll be okay. 
Not a real mother. Hmm? I said not a real mother. A real mother learns what part of the hand to use to see about the temperature, right? Feel that and the milk is okay and ah, oh, that little foot's cool. That little foot is cool. Give me that blanket. Nourish. Somebody say nourish. nourish. Cherish. Cherish. Today is Mother's Day, but it's just a day that should remind us of what to do every day. Because the Bible told us to honor our fathers and mothers. And it is the first commandment with a promise. That if we'd do it, things would go well with us. And we'd live long. Live long on the face of the earth. Why? Because it's tied into God. All true fatherhood and true motherhood comes from God. That there is a husband and wife. And children, that there is a family, that there is a mother and a daddy, that's from God. And can't you see the devil's trying to destroy it? He's doing everything he can to disrupt it and destroy it and take it apart so that there is no family. And you don't know what a mother or father is. And it's sad that we got so many people that have not grown up with mothers and fathers. It makes it hard for children coming up like that. But thank God, no matter what your past is, you got a father now. And actually all of the attributes of motherhood come out of him. The father God. And if you're in a good church, you got a church full of fathers and mothers. That's one thing Phyllis and I have enjoyed seeing about the church here. That people come in and maybe it's a broken family or a split family or this or that. And they come in and maybe the kids or grandkids haven't known a mother or father or a grandmother or grandfather. And we've seen the church just fill that in. And say, we'll be your grandfather. We'll be your grandparents. We'll be, you know, we'll be a daddy to them. We'll be a mama. And we got a whole church full of mamas and daddies and grandpas and grandmas. That's how it's supposed to be. Keep your eyes open for you to do that kind of thing. Hmm? But in order to do it, you got to take time and not be harsh. Hmm? And you got to be willing to nourish. Somebody say nourish. 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 The word comes from the word that's like a hen sitting on her eggs and keeping them warm. That's what it means. Keep them warm. And... Uh, we can do that with one another. He said, I, we did this with you. We were gentle. Somebody say gentle. gentle. We were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherishes her children, like a mother caring for her little children. One translation says, a nursing mother tenderly cares for her own children. Somebody say, tenderly cares. Tenderly. Love cares for. Takes care of. And there's a tenderness in it. Somebody say love takes care of. Love takes care of. Say it again. Love, love takes, care of. takes care of. Go with me to Luke if you would please. Luke the 10th chapter. Say it again while you're turning there. Love, love takes, care of. takes care of. Love, love cares, for. cares for. Now you know what I mean when I say that. Care takes care of, tenderly cares for. Jesus used this as an example of love. Is he teaching us how to love? Yes, yes he is. 
The world is full of hardness and harshness. And it's one area where daddies, fathers have made some serious mistakes in thinking that in order to make a man out of their sons, that the major key was hardness. Well, you got to toughen them up, make a man out of them, be hard, be harsh. No, it's not true. People should be taught diligence. They should be taught stick it out, no matter how they feel. They should be taught to finish something they start. But you don't have to be hard and mean and harsh. It's got nothing to do with teaching somebody how to be a man. Hmm? Main way you teach somebody how to be something is by being it yourself. Demonstrating it. But a man of God is going to demonstrate the love of God. And it takes a lot more strength to do that than it does to be harsh. Anybody can yield to their temper and be mean. Joe Center down the street can do that. Anybody. It takes a strong man. It takes a strong woman to control your feelings. To get a hold of your tongue before you say the wrong thing. To feel like coming down like a ton of bricks and get a hold of yourself and say, whoa, 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 that's just your feelings now. Watch out. Watch out. Sometimes you need to say, we'll talk later. <laughs> and get yourself cooled off and get yourself straightened up and do what you do, even though you need to do it, even if it needs to be correction. You can do it in gentleness, can't you? I know a. Uh, who was it? My great-grandma. Monetti that used to sing while she spanked the children. While she was spanking the kids, she sang hymns. Get a big switch. And she had five boys. Well, she needed a big switch. <laughs> and uh, while she's spanking them, she sang. That sure beats cussing, don't it? You don't have to cuss to discipline, do you? You don't have to, you know, spit and and use bad language and break stuff and, you know, act like a beast to do something, show somebody you're serious. You know why people do all that stuff? Because their word's no good. Hmm? The kid knows the last 90 things they said, there was nothing to it. Now they're trying to say, no, there is something to this. That's why they have to add all the stuff to it. If you, every time you say it, you do it, it won't be long. They'll, everybody will know it. You won't have to raise your voice or do anything. They'll go, uh-oh, daddy's going to say something. And, oh, you don't want him to say it because if he says it, that's it. All the begging and crying in the world ain't going to change it. But see, parents are not like that, are they? Love cares for. And this, I don't know of any better place that this is exemplified than in motherhood. Paul said, we were like a mother that tenderly cares for her little children. That's the way we were with you. And yet he is an apostle. He is one who comes by the anointing of God, lays foundation of churches. He was one that God used in discipline. But how many believe Paul was not a mean man? Hmm? 
No, he wasn't harsh and hard. He was strong. But he represents love and love is in him. So he has to be kind. Has to be gentle. That's how God is. Luke 10, are you there? Luke 10. Luke 10. Verse 25, a lawyer came and tempted him and said, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? This is Luke 10, 25. Jesus said to him, what is written in the law? How readest thou? He answering said, you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Is he talking about love? Loving God, loving your neighbor. Jesus said to him, you've answered right. That is the right reply. Do it (laughs) and you'll live. There's a whole sermon there, isn't it? He said, that is the correct answer. Why don't you do it? (laughs) Do it and you'll live. But he, uh, here it comes out now, willing to justify himself, said to Jesus, uh, yeah, but uh, he's an arguer. Can you see this? Yeah. Arguer. Rebellious. Yeah, yeah, but uh, now, exactly who is my neighbor? <laughs> we live in an intellectual world. Hmm? And it is so sad how many people just... Talk themselves out of all kind of blessings of God. Explain away obeying God. And it's all, you know, argue about. Yeah, but what exactly is a neighbor? Well, now, why is he bringing this up? What is he wanting to know? Who he does not have to love. Huh? He wants to be, he's willing to what? Justify himself for what? For not loving people. He wants Jesus to agree with him that he is okay and justified in not loving most people. In his heart, if he'd be honest with himself, he knows he's not right. Have you ever seen it though? People trying to get somebody else to agree with me, to support me, you know, prop up my error. And what did Jesus tell him? Come on, let's read it. What did he tell him? The lawyer says, yeah, but uh, exactly. Who is my neighbor? I mean, who really knows what a neighbor is? (laughs) And what neighborhood we're talking about? I mean, this actually gets quite complicated. It's quite complex in uh, actually applying. And you know, what does neighbor mean to you? Neighbor means many things to many people. (laughs) Did you know half the preaching in the country is like this? Neighbor, what does neighbor mean to you? Jesus said, verse 30, certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among thieves. They stripped him of his raiment. They wounded him. Departed, leaving him half dead. By chance. This means this was not arranged. This guy didn't count on this. 
There came down a certain priest that way. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side because this obviously was not a neighbor of his. He never saw this man. And you know, you don't want to get mixed up in stuff like this. Because dear me, who knows where it could lead to. And like, so he passed by. Somebody say passed by. Passed by. He didn't take care of him, did he? What would love do? Love will take care of you. Talking about how to keep the command now. Say it out loud. Love Love takes care of. A Levite. This somebody's in the ministry of helps. Well, the priest, you know, man, he was supposed to be the holy whoop-de-doo. You know, I mean, he's <laughs> he's the holy of holies, you know. He's, but he was on his way to a meeting, and he had his good clothes on, and he didn't have time to get mixed up with this. He was going to start a seminar on love. And he couldn't get mixed up with this. A Levite, this was an usher, or he worked in the parking lot or the children's, or they came by and they looked and uh, they just kept going. They didn't even slow down and think about it. They just, well, you know, you see a lot of stuff like this nowadays. But a certain Samaritan, now, it needs a little explanation for us, but the Jews despised Samaritans. And to say a Samaritan did better than a Jew was really rubbing in the salt. (laughs) There was a lot of racial prejudice. If you read the other accounts, the rest of them, the Samaritan woman at the well, she said, one translation brings out, Jews don't use the same dishes as Samaritans. They don't drink out of the same cups. You understand? Some serious racism going on here. And Jesus purposely uses Samaritan. (laughs) Priest didn't stop. Levite didn't stop. But there was a Samaritan. A what? Samaritan. Samaritan Samaritan came by. And when he saw him. Come on, help me out now. Verse 33. When he saw him. What happened? We're talking about the love of God. He had compassion on it. Don't you think this Samaritan had somewhere to go? Well, he's traveling. He's going somewhere. We know from the rest of the story, he's a businessman. He's got appointments. He's got stuff he's doing. When you're too busy to be a Christian, you're not really a Christian. Takes time to be a Christian, Amen. doesn't it? Amen. It's going to mess with your schedule, yes, isn't it? Yes. People need you when they need you, not when it's convenient for you. Have you ever noticed again and again when somebody needed you, it wasn't convenient. It was 2.30 in the morning and you were sound asleep. They're 300 miles away. Hmm? He dealt with you to give them some money and it's not a good time. It's not a good time. It's the end of the month. You got bills coming up. Have you ever noticed this? But now, are we back to these others? Prefer. Me or them. Oh, can you see this? 
If I pick them, it's going to cost me. If I take time and do it for them, it's going to cost me time. It's going to cost me something. But what did Paul say? I will very gladly. Not whining and depressed and all right, if I'll have to, I'll be a good Christian. No, very gladly spend and be spent. I'll do it. Glad to do it. Why? Helps them. Glad to help them. Glad to help them. I know Phyllis and I one time got stranded. Our little car broke down. This was back, we were what, two years into the ministry, I guess. We had a little Vega, which is almost a car. (laughs) They were experimenting with aluminum engines. (laughs) And this thing finally, oh, it was always on the verge of overheating or something. And finally out in the middle, I mean, miles and miles and miles away from the nearest town, died on us at night. We're out in the middle of farmland. I mean, how far would we have been to the nearest town? Probably 50 miles. And it's also cold and raining. Well, we had to get somewhere. And we finally got out and started walking. And we walked in the mud and the rain and the cold for seemed like three miles. And we found a house. And didn't want to bother them, but man, we knocked on the, could we use your phone? They didn't have time to fool with us. So we went another mile, knocked on another door, and went to another house, knocked on another door. How many did we go to? I don't know. It was half the night. Finally, we came up on a little place, little bitty, small, poor looking place. Knocked on the door. This lady came to the door. We said, uh, by daylight by then, sorry to bother you, but do you have a phone that we could use? Uh, which, they didn't have one, did they? said, no, baby, we don't. But come on in here. Get in out of the cold. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Boy, that was some sweet-sounding music. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what did they do? They built a fire. And they got us in there, and they warmed us up, and... They did several things, and then he took me to a phone. We tried to pay him afterwards. And he said, oh, no. He said, we Christians. (laughs) He said, and if a Christian can't help each other, what are you? I thought, well, bless you, man. Helped us. And until you're on the other end needing it, you don't know. But the Bible says if you help the poor, somebody that's in need, you will not lack. The more you help people on the other end, it keeps you from getting on that end. Can you see that? The Samaritan that the Jews despised, he stopped. And had compassion on him. Keep reading verse 34. He went to him. He bound up his wounds. That's messy. Poured in the oil and wine. Put him on his own beast. That means he's walking now. Oh can you see that? Is he preferring this man? Treating him like he's better than himself? 
Is it costing him something? Costing him his time. It's messed up his day. It's messed up his schedule. It's going to take him so much longer to get there now. He could have been riding at a quick pace. Now he's walking and having to hold this guy on. And uh, brought him to an end. And did what? Oh, there it is. Brought him to an end and took care of him. On the morrow, when he left, he took out two pence. That's money. Another reason why you need to be rich. So you can do stuff like this. If it's taking all the faith you got just to pay your little electric bill, then how are you going to do stuff like this? And how many millions of Christians pitifully say, oh, I wish I could do something. I wish I could help. But we just can't. That's not really an excuse. Well, so, well, I guess it is if you ain't got. No, if you know this, you can have faith and you can get it. And you can stop living like that the rest of your life. You can get to the place where you don't say that from now on. I wish we could. I just wish we could. But we don't have it. I'm sorry, but we just don't have it. We're just doing the best we can to get by ourselves. Friend, it's because people have chosen to believe wrong and speak against the prosperity message and do all kind of other stuff for years in their life instead of going, I'm grabbing a hold of this. I'm believing I'm going to sow my seed. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to believe God. I'm going to get out of debt. I'm going to get to where I can do something for somebody else. This man apparently has his own business, got his own donkey. That's like having a Mercedes in that day. was. Donkey was the smoothest riding thing around. <laughs> and uh, he's got money. He got his own money. Oh, come on now. Can you get excited about this? Can you have your own stuff, your own money, your own resources, your own vehicles? Does it put you in a place to be able to help people, be able to do things? Basically, he paid for this man's medical treatment. They didn't have hospitals like they do now. Hmm? But this inn was the closest thing to it. Well, it's going to cost money. This is how they make their living is by renting out rooms and stuff. He paid for the man's room, didn't he? And he left money with the head of the establishment and said, take care of him. He said, what? Come on, read it there again. Verse 35. He took out two pence. Now, that don't sound like much, but it was. For the day, it was a lot more money than it sounds like. And he gave to the host and he said to him, tell me what he said to him. What does love do? Takes care of you. Take care of him. And whatever you spend more, giving him an open ticket, open line. Didn't he? Whatever you spend more, when I come again, I'll repay you. Hmm? What if he runs up a big bill? He cares more about the man being okay than the bill. Cares more about the man than the money. That's love. And he didn't even know the guy. He didn't live next to him. So you got to remember, the Lord's answering the lawyer's question. Who is my neighbor? <laughs> well, he probably wouldn't have thought a Samaritan was his neighbor. They despised the Samaritans. How many know this guy was glad to see the Samaritan? Oh, man, he's probably in the Samaritan parade next year. 
<laughs> he loves Samaritans. Huh? Because he'd be dead without him. He said, you take care of him. Here's some money right here. And you, you do whatever you need to do. Spend the money. I'll pay it when I come back. If you need to spend a lot more, I'll take care of the bill. I'll take care of the bill. A lot of folk need to try that. It's a strange phrase for them. I want you to just open your mouth and say, try it out loud. I'll take care of the bill. I'll take care of the bill. <laughs> I didn't see everybody say that. Is that what you said? I'll take care of the bill. I'll take care of the bill. Put it on my bill. Put it on my bill. Try it again now. Put it on my bill. Put it on my bill. I'll pay it. I'll pay it. I'll take care of it. I've got it. I'll pay it. Get used to that. Get used to that. I've seen preachers. I've preachers. At meals, at conferences. And the bill come. And one start fidgeting over here. And another one had something to do. Another one had to go to the bathroom. And, and the bill kind of gets pushed over here. And pushed over here. And people just kind of waiting to see... If somebody else will pick it up. That's pitiful. That is pitiful. It's pathetic. Isn't it? And it is not love. Hmm? Now you don't have to get up on the table and fight each other for it either. <laughs> that ain't love either. Remember the kind part. Kind. Glory to God. Love takes care. Verse 36, Jesus says to this lawyer, which of these three, priest, Levite, Samaritan, which one of these three do you think was a neighbor to the one that fell among the thieves? This lawyer knows he's done. He knows he's, he he goes, because he's got to admit that a Samaritan has outstripped the priest and the Levite. Well, the Lord knows how to do stuff now, don't he? I mean, he's dealing with ignorance and pride and rebellion and prejudice and everything in one fell swoop. He just said, which one you think was the neighbor? He's got to say, the Samaritan. <laughs> it was him. He said, I, it was the one that uh, showed mercy. That's what it was. Jesus said to him, so you go and do likewise. Quit trying to play word games about who's your neighbor. Just Go do it. Go do it. Huh? Anytime you see somebody wanting to argue scripture with you, try to look below the very next line and see if they're trying to get out of doing something. Why do people want to argue and fuss about tithing? <laughs> Don't want to tithe. Why do he want to argue and fuss about who's my neighbor? So he wants to know who he can get away with not loving. When your heart's right, you don't want to see who you can get away with not loving. You want to do more for more people. When your heart's right, you don't want to see how little you can squeak by. You want to do more. Go to Isaiah. I think I can close with this. Isaiah 49. 
What does love do? Love takes care of. Like a mother takes care of a little child. Anybody ever seen any tenderness? Any gentleness? Any attentiveness of a mother with a child? Have you ever seen a mother, a good mother, being tender with a baby, taking care of that baby? Hmm? The cherishing, the nourishing, attentiveness, gentleness, that's the love of God in manifestation. Did you know there are some adults that need some caring for, need some tenderness, need some gentleness? Look in Isaiah 49. Isaiah 49, verse 14. Well, back up to 13. Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, the Lord has forsaken me. My Lord has forgotten me. Can a woman forget her sucking child? That she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Let's just stop right there. Is that likely? Do you see that very often? No. The NIV says, can a mother forget the baby at her breast? Forget? Forget how many times you ever saw new mothers and they come home after being at the hospital giving birth and you say, where's the baby? Where's the baby? And you go, "Ah." (laughs) I knew there was something I was forgetting. You ever saw a mama do that? No way. Even mothers having given birth, even not quite awake from drugs or whatever. You know what they want to know? What do they want to know? Where's my baby? Where's my baby? You think they're going to forget? Hmm? Where's my baby? You never saw that. Mama got home and left the baby at the hospital. Forgot about it. What does he go on to say? Rest of the verse. Yea. She may forget. Now that covers some of the tragic stuff we have heard. You hear of mothers throwing their babies in the trash bin. Leaving them somewhere. That's unnatural. Isn't it? Completely unnatural. Why would they do that? Well, the selfishness of the flesh is totally governing, which is why you have this terrible number of abortions every week. Why? Well, it's my body, the mother says. Not any more than your body is your mother's body. It's just not true. Oh, brother, you're getting into it now. Hey. We've been into it. 
Now, we're not talking about condemnation and guilt for past mistakes. If you've repented, God's forgiven you. And he said he wouldn't mention it to you again. We're talking about decisions people are making right now. Hmm? So I say, well, it's the woman's body. No, it's not the woman's body. It's another person's body. It's not your body any more than your body is your mother's body. Well, there's a point where it's a fetus and where it's a... Said who? Who said that? God said, I knew you before you were in your mother's womb. Hmm? And you remember that uh, when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the babe leaped inside her. Is that just tissue? This is a, a being aware of the anointing. No, no. Someone said, well, it wasn't planned. Well, that's as far as you know. As far as you're concerned. And I know that there are people think there's all kind of, uh, you know, exceptions and it's complicated. No, it's not. If there's a life, it should have a right. Real simple. And believe God. To get through it. Amen. Hmm? Amen. And if it's your child, let the love of God come through you. Yes. Don't hold it back. Don't choke it out. Don't reason it out with selfishness. Well, it's going to mess up my life. It's going to mess up my career. No, being selfish can mess up your career. Being selfish can mess up God's plan for your life. God can bless you and bless that child. Cause you to reach higher heights than you would have reached without the child. Come on, are you listening now? If you would have faith and believe, let the love of God come through you. Let the love of God come through you. Let that nurturing, that cherishing, don't throw it in the trash bin. Take care of it. In a few years, could be taking care of you. Huh? How many people didn't realize... They threw away their future blessing. Threw away their future provider. Their future help. He said they could forget. But what? Yet will I not forget you. Does he love you? Is he with you always? Even to the end of the age. Will he never, never leave you nor forsake you? The Spirit of God manifests this motherly love. That he is the comforter and he is the spirit of adoption. Makes you feel like you belong. He encompasses you. He can manifest his peace around you and nurture you. Well, I live by myself. I'm alone and I'm tired of being alone. No, make yourself aware of the Holy Ghost. He'll tuck you in at night. You'll be laying there praising God and you'll feel him tucking you in. Huh? He'll help you out. And go ahead and be a part of a good church family too. If this is not your family, find you one. Find you one, but get in and be a part. Be a brother. Be a sister. Be a mother. Be a daddy. Be a grandpa. Somebody that hadn't got a grandpa. Hmm? Show somebody. The world's full of meanness and hardness and harshness. Show somebody some kindness. Some gentleness. Some patience. Some grace. Some comfort. Hmm? 
Anybody can be mean and yell and scream. Be able to put a hand on somebody and say, that's all right, son. That's all right, boy. We're going to get through this. It won't be long. This will just be a memory. You're going to get past this. You're going to come out of this. How many remember Jesus when he told Peter, Peter's about to mess up. Peter's about to deny him and try to convince people he don't even know him, never knew him. He said, Peter, I've prayed for you, boy. And when, not if, when you are converted and straightened out, I want you to strengthen your brethren. Boy, that's faith. Man's about to stand out there and deny that he ever knew him. He's already talking about him strengthening his brothers on the other side of this deal. He's a faith Jesus. And he's a comforter. He's an encourager. Oh, he's a lover of your soul. He'll stay with you and strengthen you. He's as strong as anybody has ever been. Yet he won't be harsh to you. He won't be mean to you. Oh, he'll rebuke you. He'll straighten you up. But he won't be mean. I said he won't be mean. He might even speak sternly to you. But you know there's love. There's love. He's there to help you get through it. Hmm? He's there to help you fix what he corrected you about. Can you say amen? amen? The love of God in comforting, nourishing, cherishing, nurturing, manifested so beautifully through motherhood can be manifest through all of us in different degrees. And it's one way and one part of how we keep the command. Stand on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.